It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Welcome to you. I'm looking at snowpack numbers, which I included in the article. And wow, western states have high snowpack, way above what is considered to be average for this time of year. This could be a major drought buster here. Just this part. Now, we've got we to keep doing this kind of weather throughout the entire winter in order to really dry, uh, bust the drought, but we'll keep an eye on it for you. Now, real quick, the whole Kevin McCarthy thing, Speaker of the House, they still haven't picked a Speaker of the House yet. I did find it interesting. I just watched a little bit of this morning, and then I couldn't continue watching because it's annoying to me. So here is uh, Sean Hannity on his program. And he has that uh, newer representative from Colorado, the lady who owned the restaurant with all the guns and everything. Yeah, okay, her. So she's um, on, and she's one of those people who is in opposition to Kevin McCarthy. A legitimate question had been asked after five votes, shouldn't Kevin McCarthy just think about moving on? In which case, Sean Hannity asked the congresswoman, well, since there's only 20 of you in opposition and Kevin McCarthy consistently holds 200 people in his camp, isn't it time you guys gave up and moved on? Now, she wouldn't answer that question. Hannity got really annoyed with her. At which point I shut the whole thing off. Wasn't interested in the back and forth and back and forth. Apparently, what McCarthy finally did was he grabbed those 20 people and they went into a back room somewhere and he went, okay, what's the beef here? And had a talk with them. Which, in my opinion, he should have done a long time ago. If there's people in opposition, part of the opposition, as I understand it, based on what they're saying... He's been very dismissive of these people. He doesn't give them committee assignments, which is where the real power is in Congress. They put up really good bills that he doesn't even look at. He ignores them. He seems to find them annoying. He's dismissive of them. And they've had it. And so here they are standing in opposition to him. Forcing his hand, essentially. Now, if that's their game, if that's their goal, fine. Force him to pay attention. And then maybe Kevin McCarthy can be speaker or they find somebody else, whatever the case is. But I do think that these 20 people have a legitimate beef and they're trying to force McCarthy's hand. We'll see how this plays out. I worry, though, that... If they are able to work out some kind of a deal with him, that he's not going to stick to the deal. They should worry about that, too. But that's where we are right now and still no Speaker of the House at this point. And most of it, just so you know where I come in when I take a look at what the situation is, most of it I don't even pay attention to because there's a lot of noise and hype from both sides, a lot of drama that's useless and your news media coverage in this is nonstop drama. They see an opportunity for ratings. Ratings mean drama. And so they build the drama rather than trying to find a resolution. And so most of this is useless screaming back and forth. 
It's it's like watching two people arguing where they're just throwing mindless insults at each other that does nothing to resolve the situation. That's essentially what we have going on here right now. So, okay, we'll see what happens. McCarthy did pull these people aside that are in opposition to him. He had a talk. I'm sure he tried to make some deals with them. What kind of deals? Don't know yet. We'll see what happens. Does he finally get enough votes to pull this over and we can go on? In the meantime, I'd like to thank those obstructionists because here we are into the new session and Congress has gotten nothing done. They can't get anything done. And you know me, when it comes to Congress, I'm all for that. The less they get done, the better for the rest of us. So please, drag this on as long as possible. Let's get nothing done for as long as possible. Better for the entire nation if government is caught in gridlock and can't get anything done. The next thing we would have to work for on is not paying them for the time that they didn't get anything done. I would love to see that. Oh, they're going to get paid anyway, I know. But still, to not pay them for the time they got nothing done would just be grand, too, in my book. But okay, so you see also how dysfunctional the Republican Party is. Now, the, the Democrat Party, those are a bunch of lunatics. But they have a hive mentality, and they work together. There's the strength of the Democrats. Democrats do function in a hive mentality. They're not, when it comes to thinkers, they're not individualists. And that hive mentality allows them to pull their votes together and get something done. Unfortunately, what they get done is destructive to the entire nation. But they're able to get something done. If only Republicans could work together. Now, being individualist does not mean that they can't negotiate and work together. It's a matter of when we elect people, even when we elect good conservatives, we tend to elect people that are into, again, a whole lot of useless drama, which is a large part of what you see playing out here. And that's part of the reason Republicans don't get anything done. The other part is they become a bunch of establishment rhinos. They have no spine. Republicans have other problems, too. 615, Wake Up Wyoming. Sometimes the best way... It's happening in Wyoming. It's on Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods from K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Six eighteen is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Morning, Rianne. She's over there in Fort Danger. Yes, it is a circus there. It's just... The worst possible people always want to run for office. Okay, here's an interesting story that's just way off of out of left field for you this morning. Cowboy State Daily. Cheyenne Post Offices closed down after Amazon dumps a thousand packages and allegedly refuses to deliver. There have been, or has been for quite a while, a deal between the post office and Amazon to get packages delivered. So what happened here? Story says, latest winter storm that blasted the U.S. didn't just foul up the nation's airlines. It also appears to have affected packages 
that are being delivered across the country, including here in Wyoming. Several post offices in Cheyenne closed down Tuesday, leaving the only facility open to the public, the Converse Avenue location near Del Range Boulevard. The lines at the facility were more than an hour long Tuesday, with at least 30 people in a line at any given time with steady traffic all day. More than one postal worker told Cowboy State Daily the reason for the other post offices being closed was an unusually large amount of packages dropped off by Amazon over the weekend. There were 110 pallets with an average of 120 packages each. What's more, Amazon drivers are not willing to deliver packages in Cheyenne after the recent blizzard May 1st, one postal worker said. Cowboy State Daily tried to reach out to Cheyenne Postmaster as well as well, anyone who would answer, but no one answered the phone in Converse County location. When visiting that location in person, Cowboy State Daily was told by a postal worker that requests for information have to be run through Wyoming official media in person. Well, the post office official media department. The workers also said it was unlikely that anyone would explain the closures and that the public didn't need to know about the details, just that the closures were required for efficiency. In other words, what they're saying is, we're trying to get something done. No time to talk right now. A spokesperson for the U.S. Postal Service in Wyoming confirmed that locations at F.E. Warren Air Force Base, Capitol Station, downtown, the airport station, all closed Tuesday to assist with the mail and package distribution and delivery. Quote, we had a large number of packages presented to the city for delivery over the weekend. This is not an unusual occurrence as we normally receive large package volumes during the holiday season. And then to accommodate the influx, they just closed down all of these locations and just tried to deliver them. Postal workers at two Wyoming post office locations said the large delivery was from Amazon. One of them added that he was told that after the big storm last week, delivery drivers just didn't want to travel the highways. Well, I can't blame him for that. Uh, he would. There were no ant comments from Amazon on this. So, okay, that's if you were in Cheyenne and you noticed that. Wow, those post office lines are long and the post offices are closed. That was why. Now, are you looking for a job in the state of Wyoming? I got an unusual one for you. So as you know, Chuck Gray, he's from Casper, Wyoming, and he was a representative in Casper, Wyoming, ran for Wyoming Secretary of State. And when he won the position, there were some Republicans out there that didn't want him to run. They wanted anybody else. And after he won the nomination, he was the only person on the ballot. So obviously the position was his. And there were some even Republicans out there that didn't want him. And they tried to do anything to get somebody else to be on the ballot, whatever. They, but Chuck Gray has the position. But unfortunately, a lot of people in the office of Secretary of State don't really appreciate Chuck Gray's point of view on some issues, including making sure we have secure votes here in the state of Wyoming, things like this. So, or the fact that he thinks that the election was stolen from Trump, and so they don't like that. So a lot of the staff, most of the staff, just quit for the Secretary of State's office. Okay, Chuck Gray was just sworn in. 
Although Secretary of State Chuck Gray said his first priority in office is to continue preparing for the upcoming legislative session, says Cowboy State Daily Article. He'll have to find some new employees, so if anyone out there is looking for a job. All three members of the Office of Election Division resigned before Gray took office. And the former Deputy Secretary of the State, Karen Wheeler, also resigned with uh, Tuesday's, well, technically Tuesday was her last day. In total, 12 resignations in a time Gray won in the August primary. That includes five executive team members as well as more than a third of the office staff. Gray said he's now hired two new employees for the business division of Secretary of State's office. So that uh, department is fully staffed. There have been no new employees hired yet for the elections division. Gray said, we're going to hit the ground running on this, but Gray will have plenty of time to fill the vacancies in the election division as the bulk of the work and preparation for statewide elections doesn't usually begin until the end of the year before the next election cycle. New deputy secretary doesn't have any formal election experience. According to the LinkedIn account, this is a first-time managing experience as well. Uh, he has served – well, it goes into who is working there and why. Okay. So then it goes – the story goes on to talk about ballot drop boxes, election bills, and why some of these people had decided to resign. This gets back to if you would like a position with the Wyoming Secretary of State's office, I don't know exactly what Chuck is looking for. But, hey, you know, pays pretty good. You're living there in Cheyenne, Wyoming. I know. Some, I said that, and some people went, Ooh. There is a rivalry between Cheyenne and Casper, I notice, having lived in both places. Yeah, every time I talk to someone who's in Casper, they ask me about having lived in Cheyenne. Uh, how'd you like living in Cheyenne? Every time I'm in Cheyenne... People, uh, how'd you like living in Casper, Wyoming? And there's always this rivalry back and forth between the two places. The truth of the matter is, having lived in both communities, they both have something to offer, and I like them both. They just have different things to offer, but it just depends on what you like as far as a community goes. But there's rivalries with other Wyoming communities as well. To work for Chuck Gray, you would have to go live in Cheyenne. To some people, that's a great idea, and I think it's a pretty good community. To some of you, though, I get it. Okay, you don't like Cheyenne. But I, it, it's actually a pretty good job if you want to go ahead and scoop that up. And there's not many places in the state of Wyoming that are for the state government that are hiring right now. Anyway, they've, they've cut back quite a bit. Let's see. Mark in Centennial. Morning, Mark. Uh, okay. Budget term. Limits together. Secretary. Single bill issues. Okay. I'll go ahead and read that when we get into the next commercial break. By the way, you can do – well, I have to sort of decipher what you're talking about, Mark. Not quite sure. You can do what Mark and Rianne are doing here. During the course of this program – People send me notes. You can call the program, 888-97-WOODS, or if you have the Wake Up Wyoming app, which is free to download your app store, touch the chat button and drop me a text message, and I read those as I'm going through you know, on the air here. Okay, now what's up next for the uh, Wyoming State Legislative Body? They're in session pretty soon. The next legislative session starts pretty soon. 
Uh, Chuck Gray, as Secretary of State, does have some items he wants to bring up to the legislators, but he's no longer a member of the House of Representatives, so he doesn't offer up bills anymore. However, there will be some election bills brought up also in this session, which is, again, I have to get the exact date for you. It's soon here that they start in the Wyoming House and Senate. That whole idea of Medicaid expansion is going to be brought up again, which is something that can gets out of committee pretty much every single time, but then dies on the floor of the House or Senate or both. And I'm hoping now with a lot of fresh blood in the Wyoming House and Senate, the thing dies even sooner. I know it's already gotten out of committee, but the push for Medicaid expansion continues. I also have an article about that on the Wake Up Wyoming website, although a slightly different Medicaid expansion. This is one where our governor in Wyoming and several other governors from other states want an end to the Medicaid expansion brought under COVID. Not the typical Medicaid expansion, but there was Medicaid expansion under COVID. And that has caused a lot of problems for a lot of states. And those problems will be even bigger if Wyoming goes with full Medicaid expansion, which is under Obamacare originally. And I explained why in the article that I put up on the Wake Up Wyoming website this morning, so you're also welcome to look at that. Also, at some point, I'll get to this. Powell, Wyoming, the city of Powell, sold a little bit of land to a couple of auto dealers who want to start some electric vehicle-related businesses. That and a whole lot more are coming your way. Coming up on 630 Local News, right after Local News, update on your weather forecast. Then you and I get back into it again. Wake up, Wyoming. Six the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. So, John and Gillette, I assume you're talking about the whole Kevin McCarthy thing. That's why I assume you're going with that. That's where I'm going to answer. Tell me if I'm wrong about this. I was talking about Kevin McCarthy, top of the hour. He's still not Speaker of the House. And there are 200 people-ish voting for him and about 20 people voting against him. And those 20 people are holding up the whole works. And so the 20 people had asked the question, well, if Kevin McCarthy can't get elected, why didn't he just step down and let somebody else try? And so the answer to them was in the form of a question, well, there's only 20 of you and you can't seem to find somebody else. Why don't you quit? Okay, legitimate questions. John and Gillette, funny how the establishment will do anything to marginalize new people who have not been indoctrinated. Now, there is part of it. See, I do think you've hit something there, John. This group that's against Kevin McCarthy, primarily is made up of new blood, non-establishment people. And when the new blood shows up and tries to get something done, the establishment guy, in his case, McCarthy, brushes them off. 
marginalizes them, doesn't give them committee assignments where the real power is. And this is what they're upset about. This is what the newbies are upset about. And so that's why they're fighting back. So I, I'm fine with them fighting back like that. That's okay. If they have to do something to get the attention of the establishment, maybe get somebody new in there, then go ahead, fine. Go ahead, fight that fight. That's what you were hired for. They weren't just hired to go after the Democrats. They were hired to go after the establishment. So I'm not annoyed. Go ahead. Because if they don't fight, then we just wind up with status quo. And when I say status quo in D.C., I'm looking at both parties on this. The establishment, the status quo. Make a fuss. Get something different done. Now, the only thing I worry about, if the newbies do come to some kind of a deal with McCarthy and his group, that they'll just get screwed over because, well, it's establishment. I don't expect the establishment to be truthful or honest in their dealings. We've seen them for far too long to know it just doesn't work that way. They'll make whatever deal, and then it just they, they won't play it out. So to me, the whole thing is interesting to watch, the dysfunction of Washington, D.C. And again, I think John is right. Establishment will do anything to marginalize people who have not been indoctrinated. If you want to be a success in Washington, D.C., you have to play ball with the indoctrinated establishment. Now, some of you right away will think, yeah, rhinos. Well, and Democrats too. In general, just establishment people in D.C. who are really not in it for the for their country, for you, even though they say they their primary concern is the people of the United States. It really isn't. It's the money. It's the power. It's their career. It's political posturing. It's games. Okay, what a useless mess. One of the reasons that you hear me talk about the most limited form of government possible with the least amount of power in government possible is exactly this kind of dysfunction. That way, you can go ahead and make your own decisions in your life, make your own mistakes if you want to go ahead and make them too, and you're not being ruled over, if you will, by people like this. That's why your government was designed to be, it currently isn't, but it was designed to be a very limited government. So people like this could not get in control, get power, and make the kind of mess that they're making right now. Whether I'm talking about the over, well, government's way bigger, way more powerful than it ever should be. But then we take a look at our debt problems, the list, the corruption problems. The list goes on and on and on. Our founding fathers knew that if you let government get too big and out of control, well, this is exactly what you get. This right here. This is what happens which is why you limit their power. I would love to see someone who's elected as a senator, for example, go to Washington, D.C. and find out they're very disappointed in their job because the job is part-time. It only pays enough for them to live in D.C. while they're passing laws, and that's only going to be a month or so out of the year. Other than that, they have to hold a full-time job, and they find out, they really don't have a whole lot of power. I would love to see that happen again. Oh, John and Gillette. No, Chuck Gray, but it applies there as well. Okay. 
Now, Chuck Gray here in Wyoming is facing, yeah, the same problem. The number of people who quit because he's not part of the status quo. Yeah, you're right. It does apply to both in D.C. and to Chuck Gray. He's not part of the establishment status quo. And to me, when Chuck arrived on the scene and immediately a bunch of people in the Secretary of State's office resigned, my thought was, okay, well, and good riddance and good luck with your life. Those are exactly the kind of people that I wanted to get rid of. And Chuck did it just by showing up. 642, Wake Up Wyoming. This weather way. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-Woods. is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to the icebox. Frank Gambino waiting by. You know, Frank, sometimes inventors out there inventing something that they know is going to be revolutionary and change the world would be really disappointed to find out the way it really ended up. Yeah, I mean, some of the best inventions are not actually the best inventions at all. Yeah. Well, I get it. For like, example. Like, you're like, you're like mm-hmm. what, what, what am I going to do with that? Well, for example, I was taking a look at a documentary on the evolution of the computer. Back when a machine was would fill up, well, I've got a pretty big studio here. This would not be big enough for one oh, of the Oh, no, not yeah. even close. Not even close. Like banks and banks oh, and banks. Oh, my God. Yeah, the things that they did. But they knew the... And at the time, the thing was called the Univac, not a computer. I remember that. Yeah. And so at the time, they were thinking of all the wonderful things, you know, we could use this to go to the moon with. I mean, think about it. Then here we are in today's modern age with people uh, sitting on the toilet with it in the palm of their hand while they poop. And it's more and it's more powerful. Yeah, 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 than, yeah more than, than ever before. Your yeah. phone is more powerful than anything yeah. those Univacs were. When they went to the moon, they wished they had your cell phone. Whoa. Spock and his tricorder, he wishes he had your cell phone Yes, with what that thing could do today. So do you think that the inventors of these computers ever pictured some of the dumb things we do with them? I'm sure after a few martinis they did. Uh, probably, yeah. Right away, people are going to get addicted to social media and sit around all day wasting their lives playing something called a video game. Yes. Yeah. Remember remember when you just used to play the games? Yeah. Now, now people are going to school for it. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. Oh, no. There, you, can win a, you can actually make a living at playing video games. You can actually get games. a college scholarship. Yes, you can. Yeah, to play video games. Yeah. They're actually, there are YouTube channels where people play video games, and they broadcast it, and other people watch. <laughs> I, yeah, I and know. And they make a living at this. Yeah. Okay. That's where these marvelous machines have led us, and the people who invented them are not rolling in their graves. They're sobbing. Well, at least they're making money. High school basketball season resuming after the holiday break. Cheyenne hosts their annual tournament starting today. On the boys' side, Cheyenne Central will play Riverton at 2. And then Bear Creek, Colorado at 8. Cheyenne East will meet Rock Springs at 8 p.m. tonight. Sheridan plays Kelly Walsh at 5 over at the Story Gym. Douglas meeting the Trona at 8 over at Story. Evanston will be at South. And Laramie will host Green River at 7.30. On the girls' side of that tournament, Riverton at Central at 6.30. Rock Springs at East at 6.30. Sheridan and Kelly Walsh at 3.30 over at Story. 
Story. Natrona and Douglas at 6.30 over at Story. Evanston at South at 6.30. The Green River Girls will be in Laramie at 6.30 tonight. That Cheyenne tournament continues tomorrow and concludes on Saturday. In women's college basketball at the Division One level, the Wyoming Cowgirls will be at home to meet New Mexico and Laramie on Saturday. Cowgirls survive Fresno State over the weekend in two overtimes, 77-72, so they're 8-5 and five overall, 1-1 one and one in Mountain West play. New Mexico is 9-5 and five overall, 1-0 and oh in league play. 6.30 start tonight from the AA in Laramie. Wyoming Cowboy basketball team will try and break a four-game losing streak as they will host San Diego State coming up on Saturday afternoon. Pokes are lost to 21st-rated New Mexico on Saturday, 76-75, to drop them to 5-9 and nine overall, 0-2 oh in Mountain West Conference play. That's a long ways off from preseason expectations, but with Graham E.K. still out of the lineup with an injury, they have to play with the cars that are dealt to them. In Saturday's game against the Lobos, Hunter Maldonado had 15 points and 10 rebounds in 27 minutes. He figures he could have done more had he not fouled out. Finding my groove, so to speak. Um, obviously, it's really tough to get in the rhythm of foul trouble, but I've been in foul trouble almost every game this year, so I'm starting to figure out the rhythm of that. Um, so hopefully I can stay out of it and help my team because um, obviously me playing 27 minutes isn't what I usually do, and that, that ends up hurting the team, so. San Diego State will come into Saturday's game with a record of 11-3. and That's a 2 p.m. start for the AA in Laramie. And the Wyoming Cowboy football team has seen eight players enter the transfer portal. Two more are just changing direction and leaving football behind. Sheridan native Parker Christensen is going to chiropractic school. As a tight end, he caught 19 passes for 169 yards and a touchdown. Another tight end, Jason Marcotte, is retiring from football in a career hampered by injuries. He is currently enrolled in law school at UW. And that's it in sports. When do you start traveling again? Probably in tomorrow. Probably tomorrow. Where are you going? Oh, um, I think I'm going to start in Douglas. Okay. Shane Shadow Wrestling Tournament. Then I'll have to figure out what I'm going to do on Saturday. There's a, there's a number of events, depending on how the roads are. So we'll we'll, we'll see yeah. how everything goes. But yeah, we're, we're, we're starting again. Okay. Good news is the roads are actually doing pretty good out there. Excellent. So you should have a really nice ride. And Excellent. not too much of a tailwind. Oh, really? Or headwind for that much. I mean, it, it'll be there, but you've you've dealt with worse. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. when you have to turn your steering wheel yes. you, you, in, into the wind. Crab into the wind. Yes, that's it. Yes. Slide down that's the highway. A, that's an aviation term. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Frank. Coming into a local spot here, we do some local business. Then we're going to roll into news time, national local update on the weather forecast. You and I get back into it. Hey, some landlords are evicting Wyomingites from their homes after in apartments after the whole covid ban was well they were not allowed to evict people during the whole covid crisis right that's now changed so some people are being told to hit the road let's wake up wyoming individual rates cover Six to the time. Wake up, Wyoming. It is a Thursday. Swear I can see the weekend from here. Phone number to get involved, 888 woods That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. And as many people do, getting all sorts of messages off the app from people who have the Wake Up Wyoming app. Free to download at your app store. Then they hit chat, send me a message. Also, a very large number of people now just use their phone as a radio. And so they hit 
listen live and listen off of their device. That way, they don't have to worry about, well, I can't listen to the show. I'm not in my vehicle. You can listen anywhere you want because your phone's always with you. Also, listen later because after the show's over, it becomes a podcast. So there's a Wake Up Wyoming app for you. So, okay, we get to the beginning of the whole COVID thing. And remember, it was government that shut down the economy. As COVID was coming along, the response from government was, well, everybody's just got to stay home. We're shutting everything down. And we're still trying to recover from all of that, right? Now, because of that, a lot of people couldn't go to work. A lot of people pay rent. They have mortgages, stuff like that. How are they supposed to pay for this when they can't go to work? Okay, so that's where government stepped in and said, well, we now have a policy. You can't evict those people. What are landlords supposed to do with their bills? They got bills too, you know. So, okay, here's the latest Wyoming Public Media. With the eviction ban lifted, landlords are kicking Wyomingites out of their homes. Story says, for about a year and a half, nationwide eviction bans protected many tenants from losing their housing. But those bans have expired or been struck down and evictions are rising. Well, again, for the landlord, this is a business. They rent homes, and if the renters aren't paying rent, then they're going to lose their buildings. They're going to lose the houses and apartments, right? A new report from the Wyoming Supreme Court shows evictions in the state have risen 16% from 2021 to 2022. And uh, these rise in evictions parallels the end of the, well, pandemic-era protections. On the housing front... Two back-to-back eviction bans kept people in their homes even if they were out of work while emergency rental assistance programs tried to help as many as they could possibly make utility payments, things like that. Wyoming's rental assistance programs stopped taking new applications in November. Evictions are officially known as forcible entry and Detainers. It really? Okay. I call them evictions. And accounts for just 1% of all cases brought before circuit courts. So the new report breaks down all cases brought to Wyoming circuit courts in fiscal year 2022. Overwhelming majority, almost 60%, were uh, traffic violations, criminal cases, stuff like that. But um, it, as it breaks down all of this, though, about 16% overall well, it, were evictions. Total notes data like this is being collected to try just to take a look at what's going on in the state and around the nation. But more and more people are, are losing their homes now that they no longer have that pandemic protection. Okay, I understand, though, that during the COVID period, again, people are not able to work. So what were they supposed to do? And then you got to ask, what is the landlord supposed to do? We're, we're beyond that now. And this is where, when I look around, I see help-wanted signs all over the place. And it may sound very cold-hearted of me, but when you look at available jobs, there's jobs available all over the place. The number of times I come across employers saying, I just can't find help. I'd love to keep the business going here, but I can't seem to find help. That's why if I was listening to news top of the hour. They were talking about unemployment numbers. Fewer people file for unemployment, and we're going to get the unemployment numbers for last month tomorrow. 
But remember, the workforce participation rate is really low. There's a lot of people who have figured out how to just collect the government dole. And maybe they're not bringing enough in to pay rent. I'm not sure what's going on there. But there's jobs all over the place. There's jobs available everywhere. So I have to ask those people who are being evicted, why, what is the problem? And this is where I, I could certainly use your help answering this. I'll tell you what it is from my perspective. Now, again, this sounds very cold of me to say this, but I've said it before on the air. So let's say I'm at a, um, a Walmart and I'm leaving and I'm going to pull out onto the main road. And there's a guy standing there with this help sign. And I'm thinking, okay, first off, I never give these people a handout, ever. I never give them money. And the reason why is there are some people who legitimately just fell on hard times. I get it. But we have shelters all over the place for people. Oftentimes when you listen to this program, as well as other programs locally, wherever you may be, you will hear about programs that take people in who have just hit a tough patch. And people do. All sorts of people hit tough times. There's help available. There are people who have legitimate mental issues and even substance abuse issues. And we have programs for them. We have federal programs, state programs, city programs, county programs. We have church and civic groups helping people out. So if they do have some legitimate issue, mental issue, drug issue, alcohol issue, whatever the case is, we have help all over the place for them. So why is that person standing there with a sign when we have all of this help available? And for anybody who is struggling to pay rent and just not able to do it, again, there's work all over the place and we have help available all over the place. For those people. In fact, we even have uh, places, any community around, not just Wyoming, but around the country. Are you not making enough to put a decent amount of food on your table? We have people to help you with that. We have federal programs, state programs, county programs, city programs, church and civic organizations that will help you get enough food. So then I have to go back and ask, so what's the problem then? Considering all the help that we put out, why, and all the work that is available for those who are able to work, and most people are able to work. A lot of people, I've come across many times in my life, people who have a problem, I can't work because I have, and they name a back problem or, you know, whatever other kind of physical problem that they might have. And yet I meet people who are far worse off than them who are doing just fine. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder about the excuses. Cold of me to say that? Well, but I look at everything is available so people can get the help. That, first off, get the work so they can do it themselves. And if they're still falling short, the help is available because our communities have put it all out there. So what's the problem that Rick and Cheyenne sends me this note off the app here. I don't think it's a problem finding employees. I think it's a problem finding employees that will work for reasonable wages. You know, flipping burgers for 20 bucks an hour are not worth it. Hmm? Yeah. Um, 
Let's see. Uh, oh, no, that was John. That was a, an earlier one. Well, and it's just also a matter of I, I know there's a lot of jobs, Rick, like flipping burgers that is not exactly worth somebody to do. And it's not going to make them enough money to really make a decent living. I get that. But there's a lot of other jobs out there that are even just retail jobs at any different level, whatever kind of retail job or or restaurant work that's out there that does actually pay enough wage to get by. And if you're looking at that thinking, yeah, but that's just enough to get by. Well, you're supposed to work yourself beyond that. Okay. Okay. So there's a lot, and there's many companies out there that have jobs that do pay well, and they're willing to train. I talk with employers like that all the time. We'll take somebody. We'll train them. They just have to be willing to show up and work hard. And that's been a big part of the problem right there, that work ethic. 7.15, Wake Up Wyoming. Bottom of every hour, this is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Seven twenty one's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Just mentioning to... Pardon me. It was mentioned to me just a moment ago. I can't believe it's already Thursday. And I said, yeah, I can see the weekend from here. It's just right around the corner over there. Okay, so... From the Western Journal, that's one site I like to go to, and also from Cowboy State Daily. These stories, to me, kind of relate. First off, doctors out there, John, if you're still listening, California law banning doctors from advising against COVID vaccine is unconstitutional. Really? Well, freedom of speech and all of this kind of stuff, but okay. A California law that punished doctors for advising patients against taking the COVID vaccines took effect Sunday, alarming a Wyoming doctor and First Amendment expert. Enacted September 30th, this Assembly Bill 2098 became enforceable on the first day of 2023. It allows the state medical board to discipline and possibly revoke the license of California doctors who, well, demonstrate what the state's calling misinformation or disinformation about the safety and effectiveness of COVID-19 vaccine, according to the Centers of Disease Control. The bill would also penalize doctors for prescribing other COVID treatments not approved by what they call scientific consensus. Now, scientific consensus is an oxymoron. Invented by oxes and morons. No, there is no such thing as a scientific consensus. Yeah, there, there are times that most scientists agree, but even then, that doesn't mean they're right. There's always disagreement. Quote, misinformation, false information, uh, contradicted by contemporary scientific consensus, contrary to the standard of care, the bill says, adding the vaccines are supported by the CDC and Food and Drug Administration. California Governor Gavin Newsom signed the bill. Quote, I'm confident, he said in a statement, uh, discussing it. Yeah, they just want to make sure doctors do basically what they're told to do according to the state. New California law, the story says, doesn't sit well with retired Riverton physician Dr. Ken Stockman, who was blunt in condemning it. And I can't repeat on air what he calls this law. Stockton, no, I, I can't use that language on the air. Stockton said states shouldn't have the right to police speech about science because science is meant to be challenged 
And there's the there's the key. If it's really science, then it's being questioned and challenged and remodeled continuously. Quote, science is based on give and take and questioning, he said. The new law is interfering with First Amendment rights, first of all. And second of all, it's interfering with the doctor-patient relationship. Right. And then it's also interfering with the two practices of science. Stockton said the, the doctors, experts, they treat with vaccines. Not all doctors treat with vaccines. Some look at other ways to treat things. Uh, and let me give you a, a different idea. I'm not a doctor. I don't play one on the radio. As you know, I home-cured my dad through Alzheimer's. And he began to have various problems as he went through it. Now, some of the problems were not Alzheimer's-related, but because he had Alzheimer's and he started having physical problems that led to other problems. So, one of them, high blood pressure. And I looked up ways to reduce blood pressure without medication for someone going through what he's going through and found alternative natural solutions okay, and in dietary solutions that worked and lowered his blood pressure. Right. He also had other problems. Remember, the guy ended up sitting in a wheelchair all the time. Now, uh, not to get gross, some of you are eating breakfast, I know, but <clears throat> that can have a problem with your continence. Yeah, the stool gets hardened inside you if you're not moving around all the time. So they would prescribe stool softeners. I found natural dietary things I could feed him that would do it without me giving him a medication. See, I want as many natural, non-medicative solutions because a lot of medicines come with side effects. See, there are ways to find natural solutions to things without having to do all sorts of medicines, pills and stuff, or shots. And so there's a lot to be said for stuff like that, even when it comes to cold and flu season. The story goes on to talk about the First Amendment and then under the Keep Your Law segment. But the law in California upheld so far in a preemptive legal challenge against it. Uh, Dr. Mark McDonald and Jeff Bark, California Medical Board and other medical authorities challenged the law as uh, a unconstitutional viewpoint and discrimination. So there are doctors in California who are trying to sue and get this repealed in California because, no, you cannot tell a doctor what he can and cannot advise for his patients. A doctor gets – if a doctor thinks in his medical opinion something's unsafe, he's allowed to advise his patients against it. That's basically what they're arguing. And once again, here's this idea that's brought forth in the California law that there is a scientific consensus. And unless you agree with the official government line, you just need – if you don't agree, you just need to shut up and comply. And don't tell anyone that you don't agree. Now, on that note, I have another story here. On MSNBC, a host was shocked, shocked and appalled that her kids think for themselves on COVID. This MSNBC host was really shocked that her kids are off in college and they decided either not to get the shots or when it came to the boosters, they said that's enough. And they made up their own minds about stuff like this. Why, how, how dare they think for themselves and make up their own minds on something like this and then just decide that 
well, I, you know, I'm just going to take a different route here. I'm going to take a different path. MSNBC host Kathy Kay outed her two children as booster refuseniks, as she called them, in an interview. Uh, booster refuseniks. I had a strange conversation with my 22-year-old and 16-year-old, which uh, should have been a sign uh, that it was time to stop uh, giving your <laughs> giving into your your kids are. Supposed to, let me see, it's hard to quote her here, which should be a good sign that it was time to stop. Give your, uh, giving your kids are not supposed to be object lessons, but she plowed on anyway. She said, okay, but I booked you for COVID updates. You're both back for the holidays. You're going to go get your boosters. And both of them said, no, we don't want to. We've had enough. We don't think we need them. We just don't think we. And she was absolutely shocked and appalled that her kids were actually making her own dis- their own decisions on something like this. John from Gillette, who's a doctor, by the way, weaponizing the Board of Medicine. We learn nothing from burning... I can't, my dyslexia is not letting me, Gorlando, my my brain's not letting me do that. Bruno at the stake 400 years ago for saying the earth was not the center of the universe. Yeah, I remember that one. I, I can't pronounce his name, but I remember the guy. Coming up on local business, local news time. After that, your weather forecast. You and I get back into it. Wake up, Wyoming. Six to time. Wake up, my own. My name is Glenn Woods. Okay, I want to answer something else, John. If you're still out there, John Gillette, who's a uh, doctor up in Gillette. So there's a California law, which I think's got to be struck down by the Supreme Court. It's going through court right now. That doctors are not allowed to tell patients, advise them to not get the COVID vaccines and boosters. They have to do with what the California law says the scientific consensus is. And the argument, of course, is there is no such thing as a consensus of science. When Al Gore said about climate change, the science has settled, the debate is over, that proved that Gore knew nothing about the scientific method. It doesn't work that way. So John was bringing up, and I, my mouth just would not work pronouncing his name. So let's go back in history. There was a time when all of the scientists and all of the philosophers believed that the earth was the center of everything. Everything out there in the universe revolved around us. Now, from our perspective, it certainly looked that way. And for, from biblical religious scholars at the time, they certainly would believe that to be true. And so that was the consensus at the time. Then this guy sits down and you know, runs the math on what he's been observing. He's been watching the stars and the planets and so on, and he's following the numbers. And he comes and says, hey, um... I've been looking at the data here, and it turns out that we're revolving around the sun. The Earth, along with the other planets, we revolve around the sun. And so they burned him at the stake. Yeah. 
Now, somebody else later on came along and said the same thing. They threatened him, and he publicly, anyway, said that he was wrong. But privately, he kept saying, no, we all revolve around the sun. Now, think about, over time, finding out that, in fact, we're part of a galaxy. And for the longest time, we thought that our galaxy was the entire universe. And we had no idea what the shape of the galaxy was. And then when other scientists started pointing out, hey, there's these other blobs out there that we thought were in our galaxy, they're not. There are other galaxies Outside. They, at the time, they were called island universes. There's other universes out there just like our universe. There's a whole bunch of them out there. And they were ridiculed by fellow scientists and so on until eventually it was figured out, oh, wow, these guys are, are correct. Now we know that there's like trillions of galaxies out there, and we're finding more all the time. But you see how there was a scientific – I can go on like this all morning. How many times was there a so-called scientific consensus – and everybody believed it to be true. And then somebody comes along and says, hey, I have evidence to the contrary. Now, what's happening today is what's happening in the past. Someone comes along with evidence to the contrary. They're ridiculed, ostracized. In modern-day vernacular, they're canceled. And they'll lose their jobs, et cetera, et cetera. How dare you say something that is not what is the approved thing to believe because everybody knows it's true and everybody believes it and who are you to come along and say that that's wrong and so that's called disinformation and on social media it gets de-emphasized or canceled rather than debated and discussed and sometimes the one lone guy that comes along and says hey uh everybody i found out something here and it probably proves this entire idea that we've all been believing wrong. You know, that We should actually listen to the guy and consider what he has to say. He might be a nutball, he might be wrong, or he might be on to something. And it's happened enough in human history that you think we would have learned by now, not just to believe what the majority says, even when the majority of scientists believe something. That doesn't mean that they're right. How many times in history have the majority of scientists found out that they were wrong? It happens actually all the time. And yet, we're still in an age. You would think as a species, human beings would have matured enough, but apparently we haven't. Somebody comes along and says, hey, that COVID vaccine yeah, not working like you think. Oh, dear God, you better you better force them to shut up. How dare they say that? How dare they step up with evidence to the contrary? Don't you know that the science is settled and the debate is over? But again, if you ever utter those phrases, then realize you don't know what science is. When Al Gore said about climate change, the science is settled, the debate is over. It proved that Al Gore knew nothing about how science actually works. 742, Wake Up Wyoming. Sometimes the best way... The day at 888-97-WOODS. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods, live on AM 1030 K2 Radio. 
745 is the time to wake up Wyoming off and go to talk to Don Day from Day Weather. Okay, I did gather from your extended weather report through Cowboys Day Daily that, yeah, we're sort of stuck in a bit of a pattern for a little while here, right? Oh, wait a second. Ah, uh, let me try to call him back here. That Nikki, you're going to hear. This is the Don. There you are. Got you back. Hi, Don. Hello. Okay. So we're kind of stuck in a pattern for a little while, right? Yeah, we are. This this Pacific storminess uh, is just going to keep on continuing. And as long as the jet stream is flowing from the Pacific across the western United States, which it's been doing here for the last few days, we're not expecting really much to change. Uh, there won't be big changes in temperature up or down. And we'll continue to see these waves of storms at the west coast. But the pattern is not suitable for these systems to really have much left by the time they get to Wyoming. So occasional snow will fall in the mountains. We do have a couple of episodes where we could see snow showers on the plains, but for the next you know, five to seven days, Glenn, there's nothing that is going to be major weather-wise in this type of pattern. That's going to be more to our west and in the high country. Which is why I wanted to bring it with you during this little bit of a lull in your day when you sit there making uh, little chains out of paper clips at your desk. So let's take a look at La Nina, El Nino, and a possible exit to this whole drought we've been in the past couple of years. Are we on path? We're on the path, for okay. sure. And, and what's happening along the West Coast is certainly a sign, not only with how the jet streams behave and everything else. La Nina is technically still there, but it has weakened considerably, and it's on the way out. And we're... This is something that we thought was going to happen last year. Well, we thought it was going to be weakening by spring, and it did, but then it roared back. This time around, all indications suggest that with La Nina weakening, this is going to kind of alter the way the jet stream pattern is going to behave, and we're seeing that right now. And that does transport more in the way of, of water into the west. In fact, we've seen this before. During the weakening La Nina that we, we had back in 2017, we also saw something similar in, in the, the 2011 timeframe. When there was some weakening, we started to see precipitation pick back up again in the West. So all of this is positive because if this can continue, this means a better spring. Right. And springs, springs are the key in this okay. part of the world in the High Plains and Rockies. So if, if we continue along the trend, we could have then a very – Wet spring or snowy spring or a little both? Well, you hope a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, you want good soil moisture going into June and July and August. And that's something the last two winters, um, especially last winter and the, the winter 2020, that we really didn't have. And also, the, you know, that we talk about the snowpack. Snowpack is really important. And as we've talked, I mean, the snowpacks are as big as I've seen it this early in the season in a long time. All right. Thank you, Don. Don Day. Dave, I just wanted him to get in there and mention some of the good news with all of this weather that we have all to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino waiting by. Okay, so for people that are having breakfast right now, just put that aside for a moment. Hey, Frank, what, what, did what, you what? know that <laughs> wombats poop cubes? Cubes. Cubes. Wombats are, um, it's, it's like an armadillo kind of a it's thing? kind of a thing, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sort of. And actually, okay, picture, okay, take the off of the armadillo, take the armor off, and then make and, it really fuzzy. And that's a wombat. That's a wombat. Okay. Now, <clears throat> when they poop, it comes out in a cube. Okay. Did you actually spend time yes. out of your busy day <clears throat> yes. to research this I did. item <clears throat> for I us? Did. Yes. I wanted to make you proud of me. No. 
What? <laughs> Use your brain for more this important why? theories look, no, no, look, and items Frank, than, Frank. than wombats pooping square. No, see, people are going to go to work. And they're going to have a really busy day. And sometimes to distract from a really busy, stressful day, they like to bring up unusual things to talk about with their coworkers. Right. You know, the water cooler facts. Right, right. Somebody, yeah. or, or after work, some guy goes to get a beer somewhere at a local watering hall, and there's an attractive lady there, and he wants an opening line. Wombats. Did you know the poop wombats yeah, poop that, cubes? That'll, that'll, that'll be perfect. Yes, and I love the headline here. Scientists get to the bottom oh. of the mystery. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but for human beings, we take a look at this and we go, okay, I understand why our feces is face shaped the way. And I completely get some animals drop like little pellets, little round things. Yeah, like you know. deer. Fine. Yeah, that that's okay. A, a cube? <laughs> how well, yeah, the how, hell yeah. does that happen? And so there's actual research. If you think I'm bad... There are researchers out there, From actually. Wombat University. Yes, studying this. So now here's this guy who can <laughs> say for a living. Imagine him trying to pick up a girl. So what do you do for a living? Well, well yeah. current research, I'm studying wombat poop. Uh, yeah. Why does it come out in cubes? Mm. Any woman who would be fascinated by that and want to marry that guy is perfect for him. There you go. Oh, boy. Well, the high school basketball season is resuming after the holiday break. Cheyenne hosting their annual tournament starting today. On the boys' side, Cheyenne Central plays Riverton at 2 and then Bear Creek, Colorado at 8. Cheyenne East taking on Rock Springs at 8 p.m. Sheridan plays Kelly Walsh at 5 over at the Story Gym. Douglas meets Natrona at 8 over at Story. Evanston will be at South at 8 and Laramie will host Green River at 7.30. On the girls' side of that tournament, Riverton at Central at 6.30. Rock Springs at East at 6.30. Sheridan and Kelly Walsh at 3.30 at Story. Natrona and Douglas at 6.30 at Story. Evanston at South at 6.30. The Green River Girls will be in Laramie at 6.30 tonight. And that Cheyenne tournament continues tomorrow and concludes on Saturday. In women's college basketball at the Division One level, the Wyoming Cowgirls with a home game tonight beating the Lobos of New Mexico in Laramie. Cowgirls survived Fresno State over the weekend in not one but two overtime, 77-72. So they are 8-5 and five overall. And one and one in Mountain West Conference play. New Mexico is nine and five overall, one and zero in league play. That's a six thirty start tonight from the Arena Auditorium. The Wyoming Cowboy basketball team will try and break a four game losing streak. They will host San Diego State on Saturday afternoon in Laramie. Pokes lost to twenty first rated New Mexico on last Saturday, seventy six seventy five, to drop them to five and nine overall, zero and two in Mountain West Conference play. That's a long ways from preseason expectations. But with Graham Ek still out of the lineup with an injury, they have to play with the cards that are that are dealt. To them. In Saturday's game against the Lobos, Hunter Maldonado had 15 points and 10 rebounds in 27 minutes, but the team missed a, a critical free throw down the stretch, and obviously in a one-point game, it was huge. Maldonado says, hey, there were plenty of opportunities to make up that one point, one point somewhere along the line. You can sit here and look at any one of those free throws and be like, this could have won, won us the game, but at the end of the day, it's not one shot or one free throw, one three-pointer. Um, it's, it's over the course of 40 minutes, and I think um, we had a stretch there in the second half where we started off and we didn't get a lot of stops. We were just trained buckets, and we got to look at times like that and find ways to get stops. It's not just a one shot. 
San Diego State will come into Saturday's game with a record of 11-3. and That'll be a 2 p.m. start from the AA in Laramie. And the Wyoming Galway football team already has seen eight players enter the transfer portal. Two more are just changing direction and leaving football behind. Sheridan native Parker Christensen is going to chiropractic school. As a tight end this past season for the Pokes, he caught 19 passes for 169 yards and a touchdown. Another tight end, tight end Jason Marcotte, is retiring from football in a career hampered by injuries. He is currently enrolled in law school at UW. That's it in sports. And in other sports news, Miss Mary, producer of this program, sitting in her cubicle. And on the other side of the wall of the cubicle is that basketball game. Yeah. She took a blind shot and made a basket. Over the cubicle wall, right down into the hoop there, completely blind shot. Really? Took her like 50 tries, but she... Maybe she needs to do more research on wombats or something. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business... Now we have to take care. We're going to roll into news time after that. And then I have a lot to go over with you. Somebody's just not going to believe. But hey, look, open phones. Triple eight ninety seven Woods. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. You'll be able to talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine. Or use the chat option on the Wake Up Wyoming app and just send me a text message. I'll respond to that. Oh, forgot to brag. Last two days I made that first try. Nice. I'll bring that up on the air. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Sixth of time, wake up Wyoming. It is a Thursday. I swear I can see the weekend from here. Triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. You can talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine. On that note, Larry is on the phone with me. Larry has an unusual job. He delivers blood. Larry, you ever worry about slowing down in the middle of the night and having like a bunch of vampires chasing your vehicle? No, I'm worried about deer. Okay. <laughs> deer is a yeah. deer is a huge problem for us because we're on the road constantly, and uh, unfortunately, I've tackled this one already. But thankfully, I'm okay, and okay. Uh, the van is okay. So is the blood. So speaking of blood supply, so you're telling us there's a bit of a shortage out there? Huh? Yes, sir. Uh, there was a little bit of talk around the water cooler between uh, stops this morning, and I learned that there was a shortage of blood uh, more than normal. And uh, they're not sure why, but uh, I just wanted to see if I could get the word out to, you know, just have people uh, donate blood uh, early and often. Uh, And the reason is because, um, I mean, just as I've experienced over the past few days with this horrible weather that we've had, is that you never know when we're not going to be able to go in between stops, you know, where they have uh, closed roads, you know, things like that. And then also, uh, I learned this morning that there was uh, Wyoming State Patrol who was involved in uh, shuttling some blood up uh, Code 3 uh, to another hospital uh, this morning with a patient that desperately needed it. So you want to make sure that there's enough blood available in your area, not, not just across the whole region, but make sure your local hospital has enough. Yeah, absolutely, because when you donate, um, there are uh, orders that are made by the hospitals and things like that, but we go all over the place. We go to Riverton, we go to Lander, we go to uh, Cheyenne, 
Uh, we, you know, shuttle blood all over the place, even out of state, too, as well, uh, to Denver so it can be processed and things. Okay, now donating is not all that hard. A lot of times there are, you, know, you can see vans that pull up for different events and so on. But where do they go in their area if they want to donate? Just stop by the hospital or some clinic somewhere? Well, actually what they would do is they would stop by a Vitalant uh, Center. And I'm not actually a worker for Vitalant. I'm just a uh, courier driver at third party. But uh, they could go to Vitalant.com. And they can uh, find out some more information about where they can donate. Uh, I know there's a location in Casper. There's a location in Cheyenne. Uh, beyond that, uh, I am not sure you know, okay. where they can go besides a blood drive. And you can always look up something online to find out who's doing blood drives online and go ahead and donate. does not take that much time to do it. There's that little bit of a when you go ahead and, and start to donate. But the good news is while you're donating, they give you things like... Uh, cookies and orange juice and stuff so there's free treats yes sir that is correct in fact that's part of the supplies that i take too as well all right so make sure everybody gets out there to their local community and donates blood because as you said when the weather really hits and everything gets shut down your local community needs it on the spot right where it is yeah exactly especially if there's a run or you know lots of accidents which there has been right you know things like that you just never know all right. Thank you, Larry. I'll make sure this message gets repeated. You're very welcome, Glenn. Have a good morning. All right. Thank you. All right. So, yeah, here's the thing with me. I've donated a lot over the years. I am O negative. That's my blood type, O negative. What that means is I can donate to anybody. I don't care what your blood type is. You can take my blood. But I can only receive O negative. I can't just take blood from anybody. So if I'm ever within within any reasonable distance of a place that accepts blood donations, it's like they sense me and they come after me and chase me down the street. Okay, it's not exactly like that, but you get the idea. Okay, as we get into the – thanks, Larry. I will make sure that message is repeated. As we get into the next topic, warning <laughs> – Warning, this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee. And feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. He mentioned there in the disclaimer, short people. Well, I'm not kidding about that. From the New York Times, if you're going to have kids, make sure you mate with a short person to protect the planet against climate change. Randy Newman, a lot of you people have not heard this song in, like, decades. My sister, who's really short, used to play this all the time. She loved the song.
hit song from hang on i'm gonna pause that we're gonna finish that song i haven't heard that in decades okay new york times actually wrote this is why i look at this and i think is new york times trying to compete with like babylon being onion news about with satirical articles sometimes i write garbage like this and i go really guys and you want us to take you seriously says the radio show host who has got a rubber chicken in his studio. Okay. In New York Times, there has never been a better time to be short. They write, mate with shorter people for a greener planet. Save the planet by shrinking human beings over generations. See, the problem is we're getting taller. If you go back, let's, and a lot of you have seen this, you've gone to places, the old homes from way back when cabins, log cabins, stuff like that. And when you explore these places and take a look at how people lived way back when, you walk into the bedroom and take a look at the size of the bed, and it's small. I look at the size of beds and clothing from way back then, and I think, could not fit in that clothing, could not fit in that bed. I am much too, I'm six foot one, I'm too tall. I could not fit in that. We have been getting taller. Also, as Americans especially, we have been widening a lot, too. Now, that is a consumption of energy, serious energy. If you want to save the planet... Now, this is... I, I'm thinking that these people at the New York Times ought to be sued by tall people. This is some kind of discrimination here. If you want to get married and have kids, New York Times, quote, short people don't just save resources... But as resources become scarcer because of the Earth's growing population and climate change, they may also be best suited for long-term survival, and not just because more of us will be able to jam into spaceships when we're forced to leave the planet after we've wrecked it. This is what they're writing in the New York Times, by the way. When you mate with short people, again, I'm quoting here, when you mate with short people, you're potentially saving the planet by shrinking the needs of subsequent generations, lowering the height minimum for prospective partners. Your dating profile is a step toward a greener planet. Also, building resources, too. You don't have to build bigger homes and bigger vehicles and so on and so on and so on. Oh, no, no, no. Build much smaller. Save the resources. It does not take you as much gasoline to get down the road because you're not carrying as much weight. You're not going to eat as much food. So you see, this is discriminatory against tall people, isn't it? And someday we're going to split into separate camps. There's going to be the cult of climate change, which are going to be a bunch of short people. And the rest of us who reject the cult of climate change, we will be towering above them, looking down on them.
Tacos on Taco Tuesday, and we'll get messed up by a virus named after a Mexican beer. You're listening to the radio. It's Wyoming Travel Network. Across Wyoming and beyond with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Hey, 20 years of time. Not surprising my sister's sort of weighing in on all of the short people business. If you missed it, I just got done reading an article. New York Times, a newspaper that wants to be taken seriously. Actual article that says we should be mating with short people to breed a shorter population, a shorter species as human beings, because that would save the planet's resources. As The taller we get, the more resources we use. And don't you know we're destroying the planet? And I'm going to edit what my sister said, but basically short people run much less of a risk of clogging the toilet for obviously you know, good reasons. So less, less water usage anyway, right? Don't look at your radio that way. I didn't say it. New York Times started this. Ladies and gentlemen, Al Gore with the only hit song that he thinks he ever had. You're driving a big car. I come on your radio. I say the end's close. You just say no. I say it's global warming, but you call me a liar. But this planet's on fire. So here comes somebody who is not supposed to be saying, well, kind of like me, that what I'm supposed to be saying. This is uh, former Apollo astronaut Walt Cunningham, no relation to Jim Cunningham of Casper Wynn who uh, died recently, hero of space and science. He recently, before he died, slammed the United Nations Climate Summit for perpetrating one of the biggest frauds in the field of science, and that would be human-caused climate change. January 3rd, 2023, is when he lost, uh, when, when we lost him. Walt, best known for flying in space as Lunar Module Apollo, one of the Lunar Module uh, pilots, and manned space missions uh, after a tragic fire that killed a ground crew, Apollo 1. Walt worked closely with CFACT and other, well, delegations uh, on COVID-19. UN Climate Conference is when he just kind of laid into them. Yeah. Uh, here again, uh, Walt's, and, and they go on to really lay out his career, which was incredible. But uh, as an astronaut, he said a lot of things that he was not supposed to say, an astronaut and a scientist. And again, what is known for here is when he slammed the UN Climate Summit for, as he said, perpetrating one of the biggest frauds in the field of science at the time, which is man-made climate change. Once again, here's somebody who's daring to step up and stand out and say, uh, that's not true. And normally people like this get canceled for something like that. Kind of hard to do when you got someone with a resume like his who's been around that long. But what happens in that case is the media just ignores them, honestly. They just flat out ignore them. The rest of us would be tracked down by the green police. Okay, so it's 3708, okay. uh, paper plastic? Plastic. 
That's the magic word. What? Green police. <laughs> you picked the wrong day to mess with the ecosystem, Plastic Boy. Oh, Tragedy strikes tonight where a man has just been arrested for possession of an incandescent light bulb. What do you guys think about plastic bottles now? The water setting is at 105. Yeah. Got a TDI here? Clean diesel. You're good to go, sir. Yeah, there's people who really like to do that, by the way, when the whole idea of the green police going around doing stuff like that, there are actually people who would like to do that in your community. Welcome to the Church of Global Warming. Sorry, I I just came in to get out of the cold. You You don't mind, do you? Well, you know. The cold outside is due to global warming. Wait, wasn't this the same church that said that this part of the world was going to be a sandy desert by now? Global warming works in mysterious ways. Right, kind of like God works in mysterious ways. Hey, hey, careful how you talk about the Obama. You know, I, I think I'll just wait outside and suffer in the driving blizzard. Besides, it's freezing cold in here. That's because global warming froze over the wind turbine blades in the clouds and snow and ice cover the solar panels, you idiot! What I think is probably the best way to defeat the whole argument that I've been after this half hour is just to point out a lot of the ridiculous things that they say. Like, for example, when New York Times publishes an article, you need to mate with shorter people. Oh, let's not forget, uh, we all need to be eating bugs now. Yeah, we all need to be eating bugs now in order to save the plant. Just keep repeating back what they say so other people can hear how ridiculous it is. That's the best way to defeat this argument. Welcome to Wiggle Burgers. Would you like to see a menu? Sure, but I probably just want a red burger and some fries. I'm in a hurry and I'm, I'm really hungry. You might like the grasshopper bacon bits or the mealworm arancini. Maybe try some worm salt soup. But wait, what the heck is the mescal worm salad? Oh, those little guys are great. We crushed them fresh this morning. You... Crushed. Have to do it while there's still larva, or there's that horrible crunching sound. Besides, most people don't like exoskeleton in their mouth. Just what the hell are you saving here? Sir, Wiggle Burgers is a bug restaurant. We serve only organic, sustainable bug and bug larvae. Gotta keep that carbon footprint down. Save the planet, you know? Uh, please tell me they brought Candy Camera back. I don't understand. Yeah, you're, you're probably too young for that television show. It was on back when a person had to get up and go change the channel. <gasps> so you remember when the world was in black and white? Well, most things were black and white back then. I have no idea what the hell is going on now. Look, I'm in a rush. Just give me a bowl of cereal. That should be safe enough. Mealworm puffs okay? Do you want nut milk or freshly squeezed cicada larvae? Hey, 29's the time. Wake up, my own. You roam with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio.
8.36 the time. Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. I triple eight ninety seven Woods' phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-F. And when you're talking to me, you're being heard across the region. From the Montana border down past Denver and about just as wide. But even beyond that, too, because a lot of people are using their phones. The phones today, remember when people used to, for those old enough to remember, keep a little radio in their pocket. Started with the little transistor. That was a big deal. And then they got smaller, even FM radios became really, really tiny. And people would go to the gym with a little radio headset. That The headset itself was radio. Small thing. Or maybe just an earplug radio or a tiny radio in their pocket. Now it's the phone. Everywhere people go, they the radio show goes with them. So if you have the Wake Up Wyoming app, you can just touch listen live. And even listen to the show afterwards when it becomes a podcast. Okay, so get a load of this headline here. Return of the masks. Health chief says face covering should be brought back, and anyone feeling ill should just stay at home. Well, now, here, first off, anyone who's not feeling well, if there's an opportunity just to stay home and not work, it's better for everybody at work. Just don't go. I've been told that my whole life. I know you want to go there and earn that money, but there's a period of time when you're not feeling well and you're contagious. Don't be around other people when you're contagious like that. There, it helps stop the spread of the disease. That's basic stuff, right? But okay, the story says adults should stay at home and wear masks if they have to go outside, according to a health chief. Uh, The advice issued in the UK Health Security Agency also urges parents to keep their child out of school or nursery if they're sick. Again, I don't see anything new here except the request for a face mask, which, as I've talked about before, does a little bit. I've heard people say face masks do nothing, almost nothing, not not entirely nothing. You do spit when you talk. You breathe humidity. It catches some of that. But most of the germs that you have go right through that thing, especially if you're wearing the cloth ones or the cheap paper ones. It just goes right through. Actions to help minimize the spread of the COVID flu circulating at higher levels. It comes amidst amidst stark warnings that the delays for, well, they they talk about how many people have COVID and, you know, the problems that they have here. So this is what they would like you to do. Well, at the same time, though, and we've shown this over and over again, this is something that I, I love looking at statistics and data. And I remember when the whole COVID thing came around, talking to you folks about the information we're going to get after the fact. What we were being told during it compared to what we know after the fact. And even though I was making fun of New York Times, and I always do because they're just, as far as newspapers go, in general, they just suck. I don't know why they have such a great reputation. They've turned out such ridiculous garbage over the years. But okay, New York Times actually agreed with me at one point, which was a shock to me. When at the beginning of the COVID thing, when they started telling us, uh, stay home, social distance, wear masks, and I started looking and get your shots, get your boosters, and I started looking at the numbers as they came in. And if you remember, I was telling you that it's really interesting. Places that complied with all the rules didn't always have better results. Sometimes they had the most cases. Sometimes they had the least. Places that did not comply at all with these so-called mandates, sometimes they had more cases. Sometimes they had the fewest cases. There was no consistency in the results. 
And after I had said that on the air here and talked about it a bit, I end up reading an article from the New York Times which says the same thing. They did the same research, found the same information. Really surprising to me that, once again, we're being told this is what you have to do. Yeah, but your numbers are not consistent. And the number of people that I personally know who got all their shots and all of their boosters and continue to get sick, and compared to the number of people I know who never got any of their shots or boosters and never got sick, again, the, the, there's no consistency in the numbers so you can draw any conclusion. Uh, here's Chet and Yoder. So I don't know how to put my text into thoughts. Uh, bomb cyclone, low pressure system, fossil fuels, fossil is a rock, climate changes. Okay, I think I understand where you're going. I'm going to read, Chet just sent me a text over the app. Catchphrases is what he's talking about. So right now there's a storm hitting, and it's a good thing that it is, bringing a lot of moisture to him, but it's quite a storm that's hitting California. And they're calling it a bomb cyclone, especially when it comes to a blizzard. It's a bomb cyclone. It's a low-pressure system. It's a storm. Fossil fuels. Okay, as we've talked about before, there actually is no such thing as a fossil fuel. If you understand where fuels come from, fossils do not create fuels. You can call it an organic fuel. That's correct. Climate change. Right. Well... And he talks about, uh, Chet's talking about simple-minded and gullible people. I think it's in part, Chet, because these phrases are repeated over and over and over again. So when we talk about climate change, I think of a natural thing that has always happened on the planet Earth. Climate change is a natural thing. Oftentimes people say climate change, they right away they mean human-caused climate change. which And, and then they start using climate crisis. Again, we, because it's, if, if we have a hurricane... If we have a flood, if we have a drought, if we have a fire, if we have a tornado, obviously human beings caused that, right? Even though that was happening long before human beings ever got here. And it's not worse now than ever before. I think in part, even calling electric vehicles green and sustainable, and even wind and solar power green and sustainable, when it's not, it's anything but. But we keep using those terminologies, Chet. And I think that's part of the problem is that we're told over and over and over again using the terminology that is drilled into people. This stuff is clean. It's green. It's sustainable. Electric cars are zero emissions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and then they call it dirty fossil fuels. They, they constantly call CO2 a pollutant. And if it's said enough by everybody, then it kind of sinks into our lexicon. And even people who disagree with it use a terminology. One of the things I hate seeing is when pe I read articles by people who agree with me, right, and they still will call an electric vehicle a green vehicle or wind and solar, green, sustainable, green energy, they call it. When it's not green energy, it's... It's highly toxic to create and to get rid of. And yet we've all been caught in repeating the same terminology over and over and over again. It's hard to do, but instead of saying fossil fuels, start saying organic fuels to people. And people will ask you what you mean and explain it to them. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to change the world by doing this, but wouldn't it be interesting 
just I, if we could, just if, okay, I'll toss the if out there. If we can get people to realize that it's actually organic fuels and the good that it causes, and, and the good that comes from organic fuels, that it's natural and organic, and the fact that it produces CO2 is a good thing. See, people have been so programmed one way, it's very difficult to get them to stop and take a look at what we're talking about. Even people who agree with you and I, Chet, use the same terminology. 845, wake up Wyoming. Sometimes the best... 888-97-WOODS or chat him on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Forty-eight. the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to the icebox for Gambino waiting by. Okay, after that tasteless topic last hour, I think I got something that you would enjoy a lot more this hour. Okay, so give me something informative, yes, but it, not okay. something, you know. Yeah, not not square poop. No. Okay. From, from so armadillo. last year I went to, and they're back, Wyoming State Muzzleloaders in Casper, Wyoming at the Ramcota. This is going to be January 27th, 28th, and 29th. Okay. These guys show up in all of the old dress of mountain men. Oh, every yeah, I've seen those guys, yeah. Yeah. And they bring their muzzle loaders. Oh, they do have a place that they go to near Glenrock where they shoot. Yeah. And I was allowed to shoot really old school powder ball rifles. I mean, they learn how to do it all. It was just incredible, right? And, and they bring people who make homemade stuff like uh, fur hats, clothing, knives, Beads, guns, buffalo stuff, if you want something really expensive. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so this club has been a Deer Creek Muzzleloaders Club. has been around for about 40 years now, and some of these guys look like they're about 80, just so you know. Okay. But anyway, and they, and they come from as far away as Cal, uh, from Colorado, even, but even around uh, the Bighorn Mountains, all that kind of stuff. Okay. Now, I did enjoy the guy who made homemade root beer. What? yes. And he I sells want to know it how to, it, what, what, I didn't even know what's in root beer. Yeah, well, uh, the beer? beer of ginger, the root of beer. I get anyway. He makes homemade root beer, and then when he sells it to you, there's a little old, you know, the old style medicine bottles with a cork in it. Oh yeah, that's what he sells it to you. In. Oh, it's an elixir. Afterwards, there's an optional banquet style dinner, which is traditional game. So if you had gone to a convention of mountain men way back when. This is what would have been on the menu. Yeah, you shoot whatever moves. Exactly. Or whatever moose, for that matter. Yeah. Yeah. And then again, afterwards, a day or so later, next weekend, they go around Glen Rock, and that's where I got a chance to shoot some of these old-style rifles. So, yeah, if people want to see that mountain man convention... I, if you, you've been to those, I assume, right? I, I, I've heard about it, but I have oh. seen them. Yeah, you know, like okay. it, it's not like Grizzly Adams, but it's yeah. Tiny, see, what doesn't there, work for it, me though is when I'm approaching somebody who has, he's got the beard, everything, the hat, the shoes, everything is homemade. He looks the part, Frank. He smells the part. Yes, and then he whips out his cell phone. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. You got to. Dr- got to communicate with other mountain men. The high school basketball season resuming after the holiday break. Cheyenne hosting their annual tournament starting today. On the boys' side, Cheyenne Central will play Riverton at 2 and then Bear Creek, Colorado at 8. Cheyenne East will take on Rock Springs at 8 p.m. tonight. Sheridan plays Kelly Walsh at 5 over at the Story Gym. Douglas meets Natrona at 8 p.m. tonight at Story. Evanston will be at South at 8. Laramie will host Green River at 7.30. On the girls' side of the tournament, Riverton at Central at 6.30. Rock Springs at East at 6.30. Sheridan and Kelly Walsh at 3.30 over 
at the Story Gym. Natrona and Douglas at 6.30 at Story. Evanston at South at 6.30. The Green River Girls will be in Laramie at 6.30 tonight. And that Cheyenne tournament continues tomorrow and concludes on Saturday. In women's college basketball, the Division One level, the Wyoming Cowgirls will be at home to beat New Mexico and Laramie. The Cowgirls survived Fresno State over the weekend in two overtimes. 77-72, so they're 8-5 and five overall, 1-1 one and one in Mountain West Conference play. And New Mexico is 9-5 and five overall, 1-0 and oh in league play. That's a 6.30 start from the AA in the Laramie tonight. Wyoming Cowboy basketball team will try and break a four-game losing streak. They will host San Diego State in Laramie on Saturday night. Folks lost a 21st-rated New Mexico on Saturday, 76-75. They dropped them to 5-9 and nine overall, 0-2 in Mountain West Conference play. Obviously, it's a long ways from preseason expectations, but with Graham E.K. still out, with, out of the lineup with an injury, they have to play with the cards they are dealt with. In Saturday's game versus the Lobos, Hunter Maldonado had 15 points and 10 rebounds in 27 minutes, and he figured he could have done a whole lot more had he not fouled out. Finding my groove, so to speak. Um, obviously, it's really tough to get in the rhythm of foul trouble, but I've been in foul trouble almost every game this year, so I'm starting to figure out the rhythm of that. Um, so hopefully I can stay out of it and help my team because um, obviously me playing 27 minutes isn't what I usually do and that, that ended up hurting the team. So San Diego State will come into Saturday's game with a record of 11-3 and and that will be a 2 p.m. start in Laramie on Saturday. Wyoming Cowboy football team already has seen eight players enter the transfer portal. Two more are changing direction and leaving football behind. Sheridan native Parker Christensen is going to chiropractic school. As a tight end for the Pokes this past season, they caught 19 balls for 169 yards and a touchdown. Another tight end, J- uh, Jackson Marcotte, is retiring from football in a, in a career hampered by injuries, but he is currently enrolled in law school at the University of Wyoming. And that's it in sports. So, uh, good news here, that Buffalo Bills player who had that heart failure, uh, he apparently is awake, doing a bit better, signs of improvement here. There's a long way to go, but I mean, at least when eyes open from time to time and there is some understanding of what's happening in the room... That's, that's an enormous, remarkable yeah. improvement over, yeah. That, that, that's exponential improvement. Yeah. Good for him. Well, especially after they have to revive the guy twice. You yeah. don't expect that to, you know, him to have show that kind of improvement. But he's a really in shape guy. So yeah. Good, good for him. Hopefully Keep going, so. man. Keep uh-huh. going. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that national, local update on your weather forecast. Open phones, 888-97-WOODS, that's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Or use the Wake Up Wyoming app, hit the chat button, send me a text message, I'll answer you there. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Six of the time, wake up Wyoming. It is a Thursday, and I swear I can see the weekend from here. Triple eight ninety seven woods the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D. Let's talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. I'm fine with it. I'll just kind of roll with the whole thing. All right, this is going to irritate you. I'm not trying to be irritating, but I know the story is going to be irritating. A little while ago. Chet and Yoder had uh, asked a question. Well, some other people asked questions, too, about this. And I brought up when it comes to people who are 
homeless, have work for food science, things like that. Why I quit handing money out because there's other solutions available for whatever the problem might be. And some of them are fraudsters taking advantage of us. Other people have legitimate issues, but we have help available all over the place. Then there is this headline for you. Homeless woman describes her lifestyle. Three meals a day and don't have to do blank anything, basically. Author here says, nearly a year ago, I wrote a story based on an interview I did with a homeless man in San Francisco. Quote, if we're going to be realistic, then they pay you to be homeless here, said this heavily tattooed man. Why would I want to pay rent? And I remember telling you this story. I'm looking at a picture of this guy right now. He's in San Francisco. He lives in a tent on the sidewalk. And if you go inside his tent, he's he's outfitted pretty nice. He's got nice stuff in there, including a television and internet and all this kind of stuff. And because he lives like that, he gets paid basically by the state to continue to be homeless. So why would he go work? And this author wrote this up on Twitter. People say lack of housing forces residents into the streets. But James says he came from Texas to San Francisco for the drugs, the non-enforcement of anti-camping laws, and the $820 a month in welfare and food stamps. James says he sold fentanyl two weeks ago to a 15-year-old, and he lives right there in his tent on the sidewalk, why not? Because they're paying him, the, the state of California pays him to be there, and he doesn't have to work. So, okay, as noted, people aren't used to hearing these sorts of things, to obvious questions about why we have this problem of homelessness, especially in places like California. This author says, I say all of that because today there's another blunt interview circulating on Twitter with a homeless woman named Wendy who lives on the streets of Portland. Her comments sound a lot like what James was saying last year. Quote, it's a piece of cake, really, she says. I mean, that's why you probably got so many out here, because they feed you three meals a day and you don't have to do anything. But stay in your tent and party. And if you smoke a lot of dope, you can do that. Quote, yeah, that's really it. It's like you wake up, you go eat, you get high, you go back for lunch, you get high, you go to dinner. This is my life. This is every day. This is what this woman has to say. There's a whole interview with her in pieces on Twitter. The story says, living on the street would be terrible for most people. In fact, it's objectively terrible for Wendy and James. Both the people have been featured in this. They aren't doing anything with their lives at this point. They're not going anywhere. They've lost touch with everything and everybody, and in some cases, even reality. It's all about getting up every day and getting stoned again. And in the meantime, they know where to go to get a meal and lay around in their tent and get paid to do it. Nevertheless, the story says, for some, the lure of doing drugs all day, every day, has become the focus of their lives. For some of them, it's better and easier than trying to make the long climb back up to sobriety 
and some kind of stable situation in home they work for with the money that they've earned, you know, living a normal adult life in America. To put it bluntly, the story says, the addicts have gone all in on one thing they care about, the next high. All their time and their money is spoken for, including the money needed to buy new dentures. A lot of these people don't have any teeth. And that's when you can end up with, uh, well, being a chronically homeless person. And the state is helping them. This is a semi-happy ending story. The man who interviewed Wendy started a fundraiser to get her some dentures because she had, like, absolutely no teeth there. So at least he offers her some kind of help. But still, the real answer to all of this is to stop. If if you're ever wondering, what's fostering this? That's a huge question. What foster? California has so many homeless people. What fosters this? Well, the state of California is. Now, they think they're doing something great. We have people living on the street, and we're going to legalize the drugs they do, or at least not arrest them for drugs below a certain limit. And we're going to defund the police and not arrest people for steal, stealing below a certain limit. And we're also going to make sure that people who are below a certain poverty level have three squares a day. And we're going to make sure they have some cash, too. Now, it sounds to some people like we are really being compassionate. But is that compassion when you see the lifestyle that it fosters? Why do I have to get up and go do anything with my life? Why can't I just lay around all day? Now, on a lesser extent, I've been asking for quite a while with a lot of other people, what happened to the work population here in America? Because tomorrow they got some unemployment numbers coming out. And they're going to show, wow, these unemployment numbers are really low. Actually, they're not because the workforce participation rate, there's millions of people not showing up for work at all. And I read an article to you just recently. Why aren't all these people showing up for work? If they're not showing up for work, then what are they doing? How do they exist? And then we go through the list of government subsidies. And if you're in the right state and you play it right, not so hard to do. Get all sorts of assistance. And so now they have an apartment. It's basic, but it's a place. Yes, they have a couch and a television and so on. And if they keep themselves doing nothing and below a poverty line, then they get all sorts of government assistance, which is just enough to survive. And so that's what they do. They just wake up in the morning, watch all t- TV all day, maybe go out and hang out with their friends. Yeah, maybe get stoned a little bit, whatever. And they're not really doing anything with their lives, and they don't care. They're more than happy just to be lazy like that. So if you wonder, well, where's the workforce? Well, now the cure for this, first off, cut off the funding. Yeah, cut off the money. You want to survive, you're going to have to get to work. And so you don't get fired, you're going to have to work hard. And that kind of work ethic, the idea of feeling guilty for being someone who's not productive is something that needs to be reinstituted into the American youth. 9.15, wake up Wyoming. Glenn Woods is live on AM 1030 K2 Radio and the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. 
is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. I just realized the next two stories I have, at first I thought they were non-sequiturs. They really don't go together. Then I realized, actually, they kind of do. Now, I have to stretch and twist myself into a pretzel to make it happen, but you'll see what I mean. First story here in the state of Wyoming. Lander, Wyoming. Hey, Lander, you're up. Lander, Wyoming, 600 elk now live in a field just outside of Lander. Yeah, if, you, if you're heading toward Lander, there's an area where you can see there's a whole, whole bunch of elk, 600 of them was counted, that have just decided to take over this big field. Now, people out there are just loving it, and I'm sure hunters out there are going, ooh, but okay. But why? Well, some people in the area believe it's because of wolves that have run the elk out of the mountains, out of the hills and so on, and into that area where... The wolves don't like hanging out because of people. The story says a trickle of elk out of the Wind River Mountains into the lowlands near Lander began several years ago, and now it's become a flood. The herd now includes upward of 600 elk and has afforded hunters opportunities for late-season antlerless elk tags, according to Game and Fish, telling Cowboy State Daily this. Elk have been drawn down toward Lander primarily because of weather and an abundance of food, hay and so on is near town, but also, quote, I am certain recent arrival of the elk from Lander is in part due to wolves. The timing is perfect. Okay, so there's that. Now, the other story, which if I twist myself into a pretzel, is related. Headline here, it's been a year since we left New York for Florida. Yeah, this is a lady who left New York and moved to Florida. And why she's so glad that she did it. And right away I thought, well, basically there's a lot of people migrating from the New England states. New York, Jersey, Maine, Mass, you know, Massachusetts, and so on. And they're getting the hell out because of the wolves that are up there. Do you see what I did there? That's twisting myself into a pretzel. But okay, here's the story. Uh, on New Year's Eve, New York governor was sworn in in her first term. In the speech, as she said, well, we're going to make us all safe. We're going to make our state more affordable. And we must reverse the trend of people leaving our state. If she really wants to do this, she would reduce the size of government. Places like New York, as one example of many I can name, like uh, Illinois and you know, California, places like that, are so much in the way of taxes and regulations, it's impossible to do business and live there in general. And so people who have been trying to fix the political problem by reducing the size of government have been packing up and leaving. Remember New York some years ago, I told you about this, New York State began offering enterprise zones, and they ran, I wonder if they're still doing this, they were running ads, Startup New York, are you trying to start a business? We'll move to one of our enterprise zones in Startup New York. And for 10 years, the state will barely touch you. Low regulations, low taxations, and you can get your business started with ease. And then after that, God knows what happens to you. But I thought, well, New York, if you think that really works, then just make your whole state a permanent enterprise zone, and you'll never have to worry about it again. Right? Okay. So this lady talks about 
how her family arrived in Brooklyn from the Soviet Union, 1978. Moved to the Upper West Side, New York. She was raised there. Saw a lot of people fleeing in the early years, but never considered it. But then, again, rules, regulations, COVID, it just got worse and worse to the point that they tried to regulate and tax every aspect of the life. Government has gotten way out of control, and the schools are just horrible. And when the whole COVID thing was coming to an end, New York schools were still in shutdown when Florida schools were open. She said, my husband and I sat on a Long Island beach in the summer of 2020 and said the words we never could imagine. We've just got to go. We can't live like this anymore. We can't put our kids through this. We need to go someplace with, you know, like freedom. In looking at it, they realize that, first off, Florida doesn't even have a state income tax. That's one thing. Now, it's not to say that Florida is perfect, but why do so many people from California and from New York go to Florida? Low regulations, easy to start a business. I didn't say no regulations. I said low regulations, low taxation, no state income tax, et cetera, et cetera. Hell of a lot better. Government, for the most part, for the most part, stays out of people's lives. Again, not to say Florida's perfect, but uh, let's see. We talked about the children first, she said, Florida schools, state income taxes, regulations on our business. And then crime was also continuing to spike running through the roof in New York. It's not like Florida doesn't have its problems, but it was certainly doing a lot worse in New York. And as crime kept going up, so were going up the defund the police signs. Yeah. Talk about crime. Talking about crime was racist in New York, she said. The ideas about how to fight crime and put a stop to it. If you wanted to fight crime and put a stop to it, you were a racist. And it just boggled their minds. How is it that people actually think this way? So, and they mostly worried about their kids falling behind in school and so on. So they packed everything up and they moved to Florida. All right. Now, living in Florida, they suddenly realized Florida, again, no state income tax. Schools were much better. Crime, not perfect, but much lower. Getting a business up and running, much easier to do. So they left the wolves, if you will, and moved to a place that was just so much easier to live. Oh, look at this. CJ and Cheyenne. 600 elk? That is Wyoming's homeless population. Oh, Lord. <laughs> you had to go. Okay. Anyway, this is one of – did you – I've mentioned this before, but it's also true in New York just like it is in California. If you lived in either of those states and you want to get out – so you try to rent a U-Haul. That's going to cost you. Good luck finding one. There's so many people, businesses and individuals leaving. It's very difficult to get a U-Haul or a Penske truck to get out of there. If for some reason you wanted to move back to those places, oh, I don't know what's wrong with you, but they will just these companies will just about give you a rental truck. They'll just take it. Because they're trying to get rentals back into the state so they can rent them to the people who are leaving. That's how bad it's gotten in places like New York and Illinois and 
California. All we ask, if you're fleeing the state, please, for the love of God, do not bring your politics with you. Vote differently. There's a reason that you fled and moved to where you did. Vote differently. Vote limited government, not bigger, not more. Coming up on 930, local news coming your way right after local news update and weather forecast. Open phones, 888-97-WOODS. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. With Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888 97 Woods. 9.36 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. All right, Judy's still there. I can go ahead and take her. Meantime, for the rest of you, triple eight ninety seven Woods is phone number eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine by me. Remember, this program, while live on several radio stations around the region, is also on your phone. I keep mentioning that to people. That's the new radio that everybody. I keep coming across people saying, "Well." You know, I was listening to you, but then I arrived at, you know, where I was going and I left you in the uh, car. That, no, you just take your phone with you. Use the app. You can listen while the show is live or later. Judy's in Casper. Morning, Judy. Hey, I don't mean to be a pest this week, but uh, we ended up swearing in our new county commissioners yesterday. So they held their Tuesday meeting yesterday, last night. Um, I want to tell you, I think we've got some good men on this uh, commission, and I, <laughs> and me saying that is like pulling teeth. But, yeah, uh, I was very proud of Stephen Friel. He handed uh, handled the, you know, the starting, the beginning, and and all of that really well. Um, he's going to be now chairman, uh, and then uh, Dave North is now going to be uh, co-chairman, which is excellent. Uh, Dallas Laird, I don't see anybody running over him. He was uh, quite nice, and I was real impressed with all three of them. Um, Peter Nicolason and Jim Milne looked like they had some sour griefs because I think they thought that they were going to be chairman and co-chairman, and uh, it didn't happen. <laughs> so they had kind of these little attitudes, and they were texting each other under the table and, you know, all of that good stuff. But anyway, um, I did talk. I talked about the land use plan, and they're willing to go back and revisit it. Oh, good. In fact, in fact, I'm, uh, I volunteered to help them do that because uh, my friend Rose and I both are willing to go back through that book and get rid of all of the over-restrictive, re- over just stupid stuff. You could probably eliminate 120 pages is what I told the commission. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dallas seemed to like that, and um, I also spoke out against... Um, this uh, towing outfit that wants to put a crushing facility in. There's a really nice vegetable stand across the street, and they use irrigation water for all their stuff. And um, I'm just kind of concerned because when you crush cars, you're going to be, you know, oil, gas. So uh, you would just like that thing to be somewhere else then? 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's an area. There's an area for it over here on Yellowstone. There's, I don't know, half a dozen uh, okay. junkyards and stuff. Here's what I want that you to would... do. Here's what I want you to do for me. While they're mo- if they move that to where you want them to move it to, make sure it's in an area where they can also and have them do this as part of the deal. Install some picnic tables and maybe a barbecue pit because I would like to sit there with you, with you, Judy, and just have a nice lunch like a barbecue and so on and watch cars get crushed. I've seen it. It's pretty amazing. Yes, see? Wouldn't that be just a great afternoon just sitting there having like a nice picnic watching cars get just crushed into little squares? Well, there's there's a there's a show that does that kind of thing on television. It's a really big hit. Okay. See? And uh, one of the other problems I had with it is the couple had said, oh, well, we're not going to be taking any parts off of them. We're just, you know, crushing them. And then a few minutes later, they said, oh, well, after we take the parts off of them and uh, we don't sell them. And I'm thinking, well, why are you yeah, taking parts really, off if you're yeah. not intending to sell them? So it was kind of a sticking point for me mentally. But anyway, I just, you know, they did really good. I was really proud of uh, the new chairman. I was really proud of the co-chairman. And I was really, really proud of Dallas Laird because, you know, he also asked, well, you know, has the DEQ giving their blessing, why are we giving them a conditional use permit without a DEQ blessing? Right. Now, does this mean that you don't have to go to court now? I'm hoping so. I'm hoping they're going to continue to go down this road of trying to work work with us out here, but, you know, that's always in the background. It's always, it's some of our old timers, they're just flat out mad. Right. You know, and like I told them last night, I said, you know, if we clean this up, and get rid of these overzealous and overreaching things, I'll bet I could get the room full of 200 people that would agree with you right now. Yeah. Okay. You know, and save the county, save your face, and actually work for the people. All right. And well. Dennis seemed to like that. The chairman seemed to like that. Um, the county attorney didn't like it because uh, he still didn't give a date when that so-called 45-day notice yeah. was... Uh, <laughs> started clicking the clock right right and you know what here's the kicker they still don't have a clean copy of this plan yeah okay well i'm glad look this is great work that you've done and hopefully as we get into this new year and they start working on this they can go through and like you said clean it up and make it something reasonable something we can work with all right judy i gotta run 942 is the time wake up wyoming News, weather, and a pocket full of opinions. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Nine forty-seven. The time to wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to the ice box. Frank Gambino waiting by. Frank, I think I've just offered a suggestion up that is going to do wonders for the community of Mills and be very entertaining for people like you and me. Oh, are they going to allow like? Um like ski drawing and stuff down the no, street? This, oh, this is much better. So apparently, according to Judy, who lives out in the Mills area, right, someone wants to put in a facility in Mills that crushes cars. Okay. All right. Now, she didn't like where it was going to go. Uh, she wants it located somewhere else. And I suggested that we put in it at a low location and up around the hills up above, mm-hmm. we put in a park with, uh, you know, 
park benches and picnic tables and overhangs to sit under and barbecue. So we can go out and have a nice barbecue lunch and all that and watch cars get crushed. You know, when I've seen videos of that, it's yeah. crazy. Yes, it is. It's a, you know, and then they make them like 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 that armadillo poop. Yes, mix them in squares. I can. You're still stuck on that, aren't you? Yeah. I can watch that. I mean, literally, who couldn't watch that all day? Can you imagine grabbing a picnic lunch and heading out to this beautiful park in Mills, Wyoming? Oh yeah, and sitting up there on the hillside with your buddies and spending taking a date there. Hey. And if she's into it, then you know she's the girl for you. Right, yeah. You can you know, can share a Big Mac or something. You sure. Know? Watch the cars get crushed. Yeah. Over and over and over mm-hmm. again. Now, if somebody... Now, I'm saying do this as like a city park idea. On the other hand, someone who's a bit more of an entrepreneur... Oh, you charge admission. Oh, my Lord. You can have a snack uh, stand up there and sell like sodas and hot dogs and stuff. And people would come from all over just to spend the day sitting there on a hillside and i wouldn't just say picnic tables park benches yeah. yeah but but the vip thing is that you pay and then you can get really close yeah and watch some these parts just be oh smashed. yeah yeah oh in but, fact, but it's but it's a vip package sure now i would even put you know you go to some parks they have up on a pole they have those big binoculars you can look through yeah okay see <laughs> you can bring your own or you can use the ones provided by the park so you can zoom in real close and get a look at what they're doing over there yeah, as long as the seat, you know, the the where the park is and where the crusher is, at least you can see some it's, of it. Yeah, it's got to be. That's why I say if if the crusher is down in a low spot, and then the park benches and picnic tables are up just above it in a hillside just above, so you can look down on it from a safe distance and watch. And I tell you, the guy who is running the crusher would be a celebrity. Oh, of course, he could walk out. Like wearing an executioner suit. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, like the Grim Reaper. Yes. Play to the crowd, mm-hmm. you know, and then uh, and then go ahead and give everybody a list of what vehicles they will be crushing that day. Yeah. You know, and we can give them like a microphone and a loudspeaker to talk to the audience out there. I'm thinking you really get into it. Then we bring the vehicles forth and everybody just spends the afternoon watching the vehicles get crushed. Now, I cannot think of a thing, a single person listening to me right now who would not show up at least once. At least once to watch that. Oh, I would. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, in high school basketball, the season is resuming after the holiday break and Cheyenne will host the uh, their annual tournament starting today on the girls side, Riverton will be at Cheyenne Central at 6.30. Rock Springs will be at East at 6.30. Sheridan and Kelly Walsh at 3.30 at the Story Gym. The Trona and Douglas at 6.30. Evanston will be over at Cheyenne South. And the Green River Girls will be in Laramie at 6.30 tonight. And on the boys' side, Cheyenne Central plays Riverton at 2 p.m. And then Bear Creek, Colorado at 8 p.m. Cheyenne East will take on Rock Springs at 8. Sheridan plays Kelly Walsh at 5 at the Story Gym. Douglas meeting the Trona at 8 p.m. tonight at Story. Evanston will be at South at 8. And Laramie will host Green River at 7.30, and that tournament will continue tomorrow and conclude on Saturday. In women's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowgirls with a home game tonight meeting New Mexico. Cowgirls surviving Fresno State their last time out in two overtime, 77-72. So they're 8-5 and five overall, 1-1 one and one in Mountain West play. New Mexico is 9-5 and five overall, 1-0 and oh league, in league play. And it's a 6.30 start tonight from the Arena Auditorium in Laramie. Wyoming Cowboy basketball team will try and break a four-game losing streak. They will host San Diego State in Laramie on Saturday afternoon. 
Pokes lost to 21st rated New Mexico on last Saturday, 76-75, to drop them to 5-9 and overall, 0-2 in Mountain West Conference play. That's a long ways from the preseason expectations, but, you know, with Graham E.K. still out of the lineup with a foot injury, they have to play with the cards that were dealt to them. In Saturday's game against the Lobos, Hunter Maldonado had 15 points and 10 rebounds in 27 minutes, but the team missed some critical free throws down the stretch, and obviously in a one-point game that was huge. Maldonado says, hey, there were plenty of other opportunities. You can sit here and look at any one of those free throws and be like, this could have won us the game, but at the end of the day, it's not one shot or one free throw, one three-pointer. Um, it's, it's over the course of 40 minutes, and I think um, we had a stretch there in the second half where we started off and we didn't get a lot of stops. We were just training buckets, and we got to look at times like that and find ways to get stopped. It's not just not one shot. San Diego State will come into Saturday's game with a record of 11-3. and That'll be a 2 p.m. start from the AA in Laramie on uh, Saturday afternoon. And the Wyoming Cowboy football team already has eight players entering the transfer portal. Two more are just changing directions and leaving football behind. Sheridan native Parker Christensen is going to chiropractic school. As a tight end for the Cowboys this past season, he caught 19 passes for 169 yards and a touchdown. Another tight end, Jackson Marcotte, is retiring from football in a career hampered by injuries. He is currently enrolled at law school at the University. Wyoming, and that's it in sports. Anybody who opened up a concession stand overlooking the car crushing machine would have to name all of the foods served after cars and crushed cars. Well, I'm hoping that they get a liquor license. Oh, my, oh my lord, yeah, I mean, you gotta sell oh beer. Oh my god, now beer and crushing cars, yes, that's yeah, the way okay. that goes. Yeah, now you gotta be careful though, because you know, people when they have things like a beer can. They're going to try to throw it to the crusher. <laughs> or, or, or they're going to you know, say, well, I can crush this just fine without the crusher. That's right. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so watch what people are able to consume and how they can throw it away because you know that's going to be part of it. But, yeah, I would say that the business owner needs to, of the concession stand needs to name his food and beverages after car crushing, whatever yeah. that means. I don't know. If they sell the orange juice? It would be Orange Crush. This, oh, hey, see? Now you're thinking. This could be bigger than, like, Disney. Oh, all day, every day. Oh, Thank you, Frank. Great idea of the day. I like ending on a brilliant note. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. Wyoming.